Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two of Thyroid Hair Loss Connection. Natalia and I are going to be talking about coming into fall and what's going on with your hair loss. What is happening? Are the leaves falling and so is your hair? Stay tuned because we have a lot of in-depth information for you and hopefully we can get to the root cause of your hair loss this fall. Hello, thank you for listening to Thyroid Hair Loss Connection Podcast, a science-based, honest, candid conversation about how your thyroid affects your hair. You will learn practical solutions to hair growth, healing your thyroid, and balancing hormones with holistic nutrition approach and the latest treatments. Your hosts, me, Natalia Sanzo, a registered dietitian, aka Nashville Thyroid Expert, and Kimberly Vaughn, a board-certified trichologist, hair loss specialist, and coach. To stay up-to-date on the latest topics, make sure to subscribe to our channel. We also cannot do this without you. Send us a question to the link below and tune in each week for the answers. Now, let's head to the show. Natalia, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, come on, we're at season two. I'm so excited and I'm actually a little nervous. It's like my first time. I know. That's exactly what I was sharing with Sutton earlier. You know, it's so great to be back in these amazing surroundings of New Hope Studio. Uh, But it is funny because, you know, I think I was just a little rusty getting back into looking at all of my data and all the information that we have to share today about... um, thyroid hair loss and the hair loss in fall and why we're seeing so much more this season. Uh, Absolutely. I think this topic is is perfect and it's very timely. So I'm glad we're kicking off season two of Thyroid Hair Loss Connection podcast with this topic, because um, like you said, you, you see a lot of people in your Uh, practice that coming in with seasonal hair loss. So let's, you know, let's start talking. That sounds great. Well, first, why don't you share with me a little bit of some of your great news and stories of what you did over our little break this summer? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, You know, we we took what, uh, almost two months off. And during that time, I actually opened up a physical location, a new location in Franklin, Tennessee, so I could serve my all-purpose nutrition community better because I love seeing people in person. And I always tell my clients that when they work with me, I literally take their hand and you know, walk them through their thyroid healing journey. So right now it's a literal literal sense of, you know, me holding their hand because I think it's so important um, for us human beings to reconnect together and be, you know, be close to each other and, st- and um, you know, go away from this COVID restrictions and Zoom calls and getting back to normal life. So I'm very excited um, to to see them all in person. Well, what has been happening in your life? 
Oh, well, thank you for asking. And your um, your new clinic is amazing. I love all of the decor and the aesthetics and how that you've set it up. It's just beautiful. So for any of those who are listening who are local or if you're only a few hour drive away, it's definitely worth taking your time to come and meet with Natalia in person. Okay. And then you can see some of both of our works, right? Mm-hmm. At, live and in person. <laughs> so um, our, our last few months has been really exciting. Exciting. Um, my son is extremely involved in sports, and so thank the good Lord we finished football season and we were playing flag and um, tackle. So we made it through that with uh, one championship and a runner-up, so that was pretty exciting. We um, didn't get out of town a lot this year. We actually stayed close to home. We had some home projects to do, and and we've been growing HPI as well and looking at new locations and opening up in um, a new city. And so it's been busy. It's been really busy, but it's been exciting and good. And And I have to also share, too, is that we have talked to so many individuals and listeners of the podcast uh, those who are from, oh my gosh, from Connecticut, New Jersey, Texas, California, we have so many amazing new clients and listeners. And so we really are excited to to get going back and hopefully we can help a few more of these 8 million individuals out there with hair loss, right? Absolutely. I think our podcast is is picking up the speed and we definitely see more and more people coming to us uh, and becoming clients from podcasts. So it makes my heart happy when I hear, I always ask, oh, how did you find me? And they always say, well, podcasts, yes. Mm -hmm. Or they say, I found you on Instagram, you know, because that's the main platform I use. But then they say, but the podcast, that's what turned me on to you. So it's... I think we're doing a great job, Kimberly. I know, I know. And, you know, I'll add to that just a little bit. Our last client we just met with uh, yesterday, and she said, you know, she said, I have been struggling with hair loss for over two and a half years. She said, I've met with two different um, nutritionalists. I've met with a dietitian. I've met with two dermatologists. And she said, no one has given me any information, comparatively speaking, to just some of your candid conversations that you all have had on your podcast. So we hope that it's working. And as you said, yes, it makes our heart feel good when we know that we can touch someone and, and help someone gain confidence and feel a little bit stronger about opportunities and solutions. Absolutely. Good. Well, let's kick it off. Let's get into this fall hair loss issue, right? Um, so I have to tell you, uh, listeners, if if you're new with us, you'll find more information on this in episode 10. But episode 10 was recorded in June. And, you know, that is also a seasonal time that we see some issues with some allergens and some allergic problems, some autoimmune conditions. But I had to bring this back as our first season this year, just because the timing is just spot on. Um, You know, and I have to tell you, you know, it kind of goes without saying. I mean, we have falling leaves all around right now, right? Um, Depending on which area of the state and the community or the the nation that you're in. Um, Certainly, if you're on the West Coast, maybe you're not seeing nearly as many leaves as we are here in the Southeast or up North. But um, I do think that there's something to be said with falling leaves equal a little bit of falling hair. 
we notice that the more hair shedding is taking place and occurring during the fall. Um, we also notice that this could be due to the weather. Could it Another question or another survey of scientists are saying, well, can it also have anything to do with your geographic location, just like I mentioned before, East Coast, West Coast? Um, the other issue that comes into play here is do your hormones shift or change during this season and this fall time? So I think the the really at the end of the day, what my concern is, is, is bringing this topic back to the forefront to let listeners understand and know that you're not crazy. There is some statistical data in and around fall hair loss since this topic is of concern. And HPI is seeing a growing number of clients experiencing differing degrees of hair loss, which have certainly changed their attitudes, uh, certainly give them um, not a a happy seasonality, if you will, going into fall, especially if they know that this is a reoccurrence each year. And by talking about this, I want to actually get a little bit of information from Natalia, and we're going to also recruit Sutton in here in a moment, because some of the statistical data does say that we see that women will notice more hair shed in the fall than men. So Natalia, what do you think about this? And have you noticed a difference in your hair since um, maybe let's just take it back to the beginning of September? Absolutely. So seasonal hair loss, as you said, you know, affects so many women, but also men. And I see in my practice working with people with hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, that during um, fall, actually spring and fall, we see a lot more hair shed. And now for me personally, I have not seen any major differences because I have been working with you guys and HPI uh, hair partners for a year now. So my hair strength and health has improved, but I still see see it in my clients. And that explains, you know, with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism or any kind of thyroid imbalance, we see a slight drop in their free T3 and T4 hormones. And we know that, that T3 and T4 affect many different functions. Um, we're more sensitive to cold, right? We have changes in our hair, skin, nails, and let's not forget about weight gain, right? Feeling of depression. So all of that largely comes from uh, changes in our free T4 and free T3 hormones. And like I said, you know, free T3, that's the major thyroid hormone. That's the one that kind of gets us going. That's a cup of coffee in the morning. And those free T3 levels are actually lower in spring and fall. So that's why you see possible changes, you know, in, in hair shedding, because you're not getting the nutrition, you know, that the metabolism boost that you normally get in wintertime and summertime. So I always advise my clients to get their full thyroid panel done um, during the springtime and at the beginning of fall to adjust their medication. And usually you want to add on or bump up your medication dosage to give yourself a little bit more of that free T3 hormone to prevent hair loss because it's very hard to treat uh, in, um, an active hair loss, right? It takes 
weeks and sometimes months to stop the hair shed. So if you are more proactive and you know what's coming, I think it's easier to to prevent than to treat. Mm. Oh, it's all great points. But let me ask something specifically just because I don't think I remember the answer. And, and if you shared with me, um, I, I think I was someplace else. But so if the T3 um, seems to drop off slightly in the fall, is it just a perfect storm with that maybe your diet changes, maybe because of the weather is changing, you're less hungry, more hungry? Um, what causes that? Is there a known answer or known entity and reason? Absolutely. Well, as the winner, you know, rolls in, all like, you know, just think about animals. They all started getting into uh, preparing for hibernation state, right? The, some animals go to sleep. So our body is the same way. Every system in our body, including hormones, are slowing down because we're not as active anymore, like we are during summer times. So every uh, our metabolism is slowing down slightly. So our thyroid is slowing down as well. That's why we actually see a slight increase in TSH um, hormone levels, even in population that have no signs or symptoms of any kind of thyroid disorder. It's just if you're healthy, your TSH will still go up, meaning that your thyroid gland cannot keep up. So this is just an indication of all the systems slowing down. So yes, of course, changes in diet mm-hmm. plays a huge role. We no longer eat um, fruits and vegetables in abundance because, you know, it's a um, harvest season is over and, you know, not, not a lot of people like root vegetables. You know, there are no more, yeah, there you go. And there are no more <laughs> berries. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we start eating less and less of uh, the foods that provide all the vitamins and minerals for our healthy hair. So yes, the food and of course a huge shift in our hormones play mm. play a role. Oh my gosh, that's so. Then um, for the listeners, certainly the point that you made a moment ago is making sure that they have their um, labs checked in the spring and the fall, probably a little ahead of when we would normally anticipate the shed. So perhaps maybe March, April is a good time to have the labs drawn. And then if if it's in March, then, you know, if maybe again in early September, the end of August or something, or do they need to wait till right in that seasonal shift? So meaning, is it May, is it right? October. So like I said, it's easier to prevent seasonal hair loss. So I would say test your, uh, get a full thyroid panel done at the end of August. So before the temperature drops, before your body realizes, uh oh, we need to start slowing all the systems down. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say at the beginning of each season. And like you said, it's probably end of February, beginning of March. Or end of August, beginning of September. Oh, perfect. Yes, because so many of our clients that we have been trading for years, right? We then are very proactive and we start treatments 
early um, in the year, so the end of February, beginning March, to help with any seasonality change in that hair fall and shed in the spring, we do exactly the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. coming into the fall. Um, So that's great information. Thank you for that. So I I think as Natalia had mentioned, so because she is very proactive with her treatment, she hasn't noticed this fall shed as many of you might be noticing just because you haven't been able to be as proactive active as she's been. Um, So next, uh, Sutton, you know, I think I'm going to bring you in, you know, our amazing producer here, um, 25 year old, great looking guy with a head of hair. And so I asked him if he'd be willing to um, share a little bit of his information and his experience if he's noticed difference in his hair loss coming into the fall. Yeah, I would say that I have maybe noticed a little bit more as kind of getting to that almost to 30, like halfway there. And both of my grandparents having bald heads of hair, I like know that it's kind of inevitable mm. at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's something I've noticed going on and off. Like during the summer, it doesn't seem like it sheds nearly as much as within the last couple of weeks or so. Right, right. Okay, great. And then um, Sutton, your wife has an amazing head of hair. So what about, have you heard her mention anything that she's noticed seasonal hair fall during this time of the year? I haven't heard her mention anything about it, but I did talk to my Roomba the other day and we're about (laughs) ready to make a sweater. So So, so then... um, that might be a yes, that we are seeing a little bit more hair shed in in and around Sutton's home. So thanks, both of you, for being such great participants in my little minor survey here. But uh, so in all fairness, what I what I do want to talk a little bit about now is is really some of the information that's in and around studies and the general reasoning and the general reasoning actually behind this fall shed um, and is you know, should our hair grow more plentiful in the summer? Um, you know, if you heard what Sutton mentioned and and perhaps listening to Natalia, I mean, it certainly makes a little bit more sense that you might see a little bit more growth. Um, certainly, you know, when we talk about the increase of the sunlight and the increase in the boost in vitamin D and vitamin K um, and other nutrients that really make a difference in what is going on in the core root of our hair bulb in the antigen phase or that growing phase, right? So studies then go on, if you will, to suggest that why post-summer shed and hair fall is more prominent and noticeable. And it's due to this increase um, in summer months. So let me explain. So this particular study says, well, because you grew more hair in the summer and because we utilize the hair to shade and to protect our scalp and our skin, that is the reason, i.e. psychologically, that you are seeing more hair shedding in the fall. This is where I have a hard time with this particular study. So I went on. I did a little bit more digging. Um, So then we have an international study. Lou and his colleagues studied a second seasonal change in hair growth patterns in 41 men 
and 41 female volunteers. And this study, again, was in China. Um, They utilized phototrichograms, which is a magnifying camera that we use at HPI to look at the scalp and to also look at the denier or the density of each strand of hair. With those particular trichograms, they noticed and recorded percentage of hairs in antigen and telogen phase. So they were able to determine which hairs were actually in a growing state and which hairs were in a miniaturization or a telogen or shedding state. This particular study uh, noted that the authors showed that the highest proportion of telogen hairs, so those thinning or shedding hairs, were truly in September, and the lowest were in January. In women, these proportions rose um, at, were and at approximately the difference between 8% in January to 12%. So you see, we're not crazy, and neither are you. So don't let someone tell you that this is all in your head. Don't let someone tell you that this is a psychological issue. I want you to dig deep and I want you to put on your thinking cap and your investigative cap and I want you to do more. And so here are our first few steps. So I've broken this down for you into three steps that will help you get to the bottom of this. First, we want you to to consult with a clinically certified trichologist such as HPI's team or work with a registered dietitian that is predominantly focused on hair loss and the root causes, such as Natalia. Third, let's talk to a dermatologist. If you are in an area to where you really feel like you have a great resource pool of dermatologists that specialize in hair loss. Get to the true root of the problem through some of these testings that we've talked about. But more importantly, we want to make sure that the first rule is that you rule out, if you will, all autoimmune disorders, such as alopecia areata, and as a reminder, that's patchy hair loss anywhere on the body or the top of the head, rule out infectious diseases, hormonal fluctuations, which certainly can be a contributing factor, um, but yet this can't be the underlying issues in and around this seasonal hair loss. Step two Then we want to make sure that you're ruling out any other concerns, and this is where we can turn to a dietitian or Natalia to help you with any form of nutritional deficiencies, right? Absolutely. And just to reiterate, you know, make sure, like you said, check your hormones first because your thyroid plays a huge role in in how your hair behaves, if, if it falls out or if it grows. And, and when it comes to preventing and treating hair loss, the first thing or a third thing, however you want to look at it, but the thing we need to do is to address any potential nutrient deficiencies. Um, and I would, I always say, check or test, don't guess. Don't just start taking hair, nail, skin supplements without testing it. Um, now, what would you test? I always recommend testing vitamin D, vitamin A, selenium, zinc, omega-3, um, and vitamin C. Now, there are a lot of, um, a few of these nutrients you can, you don't have to test for them because it's safe to take them um, as a supplement just to prevent, you know, potential nutrient deficiencies. But when it comes to vitamin D and A and omega-3, 
I recommend testing and not simply taking the supplement because these vitamins like vitamin A um, is a fat soluble vitamin. It actually absorbs and it stays in your body. So the more you take of it, the more it stays. So I guess where I'm getting with it is uh, there's a serious um, potential toxicity with it. So Mm -hmm. yes, test, test, don't guess. Oh, I love it. Love it. Then a couple other tests. So, um, as, as we talked about nutritional deficiencies. So HPI does conduct an epigenetic test. This test is now available in home, which we can send to you. It gives you some information um, in and around 800 different markers from an epigenetic level. Again, this is different than labs and different than blood work. And we suggest you definitely consider both. Lastly, the third test is something new um, that we'll be talking about in in another episode, but it's a DNA test. It's actually called a trico test. And this particular test will analyze the hair loss alopecia, um, and it'll discuss the different multifaceted conditions with you in the reports. It will also trigger and dive into our genetic and extrinsic life factors. So another test that you can also consider. And then lastly, third, and of course not at all at the end of the the channel and not least, but if you are concerned by the amount of hair loss that you are losing and you do notice that it's cyclical that you see this in the spring or in the fall, um, don't delay and don't suffer in silence. Really turn to a trusted certified physician, a hair loss specialist, a dietitian, someone that you can truly care, that can care for you and that you trust and take control of your hair loss and your health today. Great points, Kimberly, absolutely. And I want to say no matter what's the, what the season, uh, we need to stay alert for any changes to our symptoms. So mm-hmm. you don't have to wait for, you know, August or, or be in March. Um, if you notice any difference of or, you know, new any kind of symptoms, talk to your doctor, talk to um, trichologist or dietitian. And when it comes to diet, we have to eat a variety of foods and eat seasonal because the nature provides exactly the vitamins and minerals we need. That's right. Exactly. Thanks, Natalia. It's been fun. And I'll see you on the next episode. Absolutely. Happy season two. Yay! Take off.